you just talked about Scott taking time, and I think taking time with our kids to to teach them and show them what we think is important, not just by our example, but to sit down with them and be able to explain this is where things come from, this is where things go, this is what we do as your parents. This is how I mean, you know, my background is accounting, so I'm a numbers guy, but painfully so. And my wife knows that. So so to, to understand and to be accountable and to live within a certain boundary is is important to teach your kids to to take the time to show them and explain to them um, this is how it works. This is the real world. There's so much that goes on today where kids live in their in their video fantasy world that they don't understand the ebb and flow of of actions and reactions and money and spending it's just simple stuff really it's just it's very simple and and i again i think about my wife sitting down in our early years with all of her receipts and her balanced checkbook we wouldn't spend more than was in the checkbook that that concept would be so foreign today in the world of, of credit cards just take the time to to show your kids the practicality it doesn't matter that this is this is 2023 in a different era. It's, it's the same flow. Smart money parenting. All right, everybody, welcome back to another special episode of Smart Money Parenting. Uh, we have a couple of guests today. Chad brought his dad, and I brought my dad. So uh, bring your dad to work day. I like it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've talked about this for a couple of months, and uh, we might as well hear from our parents on how they did amazing and screwed up and how we got here today and how they got here today. So um, I'll introduce my dad, then you introduce yours, and I say we jump in. Okay, let's go. This is my dad. Hello. Clark, Clark Donnell. Uh, just had shoulder surgery a couple days ago, right? That's why your right arm is a little That's lower. why it's a little lower. <laughs> I took off my splint because I didn't want all these sympathy points here. Right? There you go. <laughs> That'll look good. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's all age related, <laughs> age related surgeries and pains and aches and all that stuff, right? Right, Clark. Just, we didn't bring this on ourselves. <laughs> no. And you are uh, okay, you've been married for how long? 44 years. 44 years. And uh, been retired now for a few years and uh, enjoying it. We're here at the lake at my house on, on the lake, which is now our permanent house. All right. Awesome. Very cool. Our summer summer family hangout time. So, so where, wait, let's hear Clark before we move on to my dad. Where did you grow up, and how many kids did you have, and a little background on uh, you know where you got married and stuff like that. Sure, uh, I I grew up in Olympia, Washington, and uh, where it rains about seventy percent of the time. Three hundred days of rain, I think. Oh boy. <laughs> And uh, uh, moved up to Whidbey Island, which is a, a large island north of Seattle, um, when I started my career in banking. Uh, Joan is from Whidbey Island, and uh, we raised our kids there. We have three kids. Uh, Scott is a twin. We, he has a twin sister. Yep. Um, they were split in the womb, uh, personality-wise. <laughs> intellect everything <laughs> they're both smart as a whip but they don't agree on anything hopefully she got the good looks <laughs> she did, she did. <laughs> okay good. she got 100 of that yeah so uh 
bunch of grandkids. Yeah, we have six grandkids. Six. It's, it's a very it's a fractional amount compared to you. But let's go to yeah. Let's hear your side now. This is my dad, Craig Willardson. Craig grew up in uh, Long Beach and uh, has been retired a few years as well. Oh, Dad, why don't you share a little bit of your background, your bio? Yeah, yeah. The, Chad's mom and I met. We were at BYU students back in the late seventies and. And, and got married while we were still in school, started a family. Chad was our firstborn before I even graduated. So we've had, uh, we've been married for 46 years now. It's been good. We've got four kids. We've lived in Southern California. My wife, part of the deal for our marriage was that we would settle in Orange County because that's where she's from. So we did. And um, I really enjoyed being in her family. They, they love the outdoors and they had places up in ski house up in Park City, Utah. And little beach house in Newport. So it was a, it was a good arrangement. We had, had four kids. Uh, Chad has three younger sisters. We have 13 grandchildren. Uh, there could be a 14th one of these days. We are, we could be done. We'll see, but it's been great. And I've been retired from the, um, my, my profession began in public accounting. I worked for the big eight in LA Beverly Hills. Uh, earning a very modest salary to start with, as as they all do from the bottom right, whether you're banking or accounting, it's all the same. But um, and we we still live in Orange County. We've lived in a couple of different places since here. But um, it's been a very good life. Proud of our kids. Let's talk about prices. So when you guys were just newlyweds, let's talk about yeah, when you're newlyweds, when you're newlyweds, your 20, 20, 23 years old, what was Price of gas. Boy, I seem to remember I, when I was in high school, I was paying 43 cents a gallon. Oh, man. It must have been different in California. <laughs> California had a few taxes that we didn't have up here. Yeah. We caught I, up, though. Yeah, I do remember definitely less than a dollar gallon, something like 79 cents yep. a gallon in high school to, to drive around. Yeah. But, crazy. Uh, what yeah. about a house? First house. What was your first house? 30, 31,000. I put $1,200 down. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. It <laughs> wasn't much of a house, but 31,000. You can't get an outhouse for that these days. No. Wow. Well, that, that's, that's a great price. Things were different, I guess, in California. Our first <laughs> house, first house right out of school, the, uh, the little thousand square foot house Chad talks about in his book, The Humble Beginnings, was it was $69,000. And we had a few hundred dollar a month house payment. Property taxes might have been a couple hundred dollars. It was it was a struggle. There it was. Yeah, I was earning, I'm in banking and I was earning a whopping $700 a month yeah. at the time. And, and uh, it was a stretch. You know, to together, even for that amount, but things were appreciating so fast. We sold, made about 20% on the house, sold it um, right after we met our neighbors, actually. Um, so we we're only there about 90 days. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow, funny. really? Bought another house. Uh, and uh, I think we moved four times uh, first year of marriage. Things were appreciating wow. so fast. And, and uh, my career was escalating or changing and so uh we had we had moved the same boxes as i remember quite a few times 
didn't even open crazy it Clark was that in the area era of 18 percent interest rates because that's where the rates were when we bought our first house in 79 yeah yeah we um holy cow yeah um 18 I think the highest I paid was probably 13 I assumed a uh 13 mortgage and thought yeah yeah this is great <laughs> but yeah it's just totally different but i didn't have any other experience so that was life and uh you know you adapt and uh i think you know the the uh the housing market and real estate definitely uh propelled our our income overall um, but still you know a, a steady job is still the best investment there I think it's interesting that today mortgage rates are have spiked into the sixes <laughs> yeah. and, and for a little bit it was in the low sevens and people are panicking and saying I'm never going to move because six percent is just absurd and it's unreasonable and I'll, I'm never going to move because I've got a lower interest rate so this is good perspective that back in the day rates were 13 15 16 18 percent on a mortgage right um it's, it's very interesting to look back at that and think about what it was like to buy a house back then. People talk about it, well, it was so cheap back then, but at the same time, the earnings were relative. So Yeah, $700 like, a month. Yeah, you're making or, $700 a month. So your payment might be a few hundred dollars a month. It's the same. It's 20, 30% of your, right. typically, you know, they say, keep your mortgage uh, about a third of your gross income if you can. And that's just kind of a rule of thumb. But I, I think it's interesting to look back and see what it was like. So that's good perspective. What, you know, a lot of the things we hear today are life is crazy. The world is insane. Recessions and, you know, mass hysteria and, you know, COVID and all these crazy things. And people are like nervous. They think it's never been like this. It's like the craziest time ever. But in the late 70s, it was like Cold War, 18% interest, crazy politics going on, like a lot of insecurity in the world. And what was the mindset that you guys had starting out? Like, what was your advice? What, what like, were And what were people worried about back then? I think Scott gave a pretty good list of what everybody was, was worried about at that time. Um, but there was a... Um, you know, our, our folks had been through depression, war, um, you know, the, every, every era has their challenges. So I just expected to get out of school, to get a job and to get in the workforce and begin building a life and um, got married younger than most of my uh, friends um, and far younger than most people today. Um, because I, I wanted, I thought it'd be a lot more fun to, to build a life together. And it, as it turned out, it was. So, uh, so we've been married a long time. <laughs> Burn your boats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would say the same thing. Our, you know, our parents were raised in very difficult circumstances during the, the depression, but we they were traditional. We followed their example that the 70s were known for the, the period of revolution, the Vietnam War. We had there was worldwide trouble back then with with Iran and the in that part of the world. Yeah. A lot of concern and confusion. As we said, the rates were high. The economy was uncertain, but we just did what we knew was what what felt right, what our parents did. It was tradition. 
we, we jumped into marriage without thinking about it. We knew that was the best way to go and to start a family, no matter what. It's, it's just amazing to me how these days kids have to have everything in line perfectly before they'll, they'll make certain jumps. Yeah. And we, you know, we borrowed, we graduated from school and actually borrowed from parents to be able to assume a loan at, at a mere nine and a half percent and then paid that back over time as well as our mortgage. We didn't, we didn't think about it. We didn't think about the risk involved with it. It just was the way things were done. So we, we knew that our, in our first home, just like Clark said, our first home gave us, gave us that equity to start jumping up, up, up to, uh, to larger homes in different places. I but, think uh, I, funny short story. I, my second house um, was a, foreclosure on a builder that had about a dozen homes in different stages. And I found out, out through working at the bank, um, but I couldn't get a loan from my own bank. And I knew they were coming up at sheriff's auction, which is literally you go to the steps of the courthouse and you put in a bid and whoever wants to puts in a bid. I went to the bank next door uh, and talked to the CEO there. And, and he said, um, well, you know, how much do you think this house is worth? And I said, I think it appraises it, you know, whatever it was, uh, uh, 40,000, something like this at the time. And I said, I wouldn't bid more than that. I'll bid a dollar more than the bank is owed. Um, and if nobody else shows up, would you cover my check? <laughs> and then we'll turn it into a, a mortgage. And he he just thinks about it. And he goes, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Three days later, I, I show up on the courthouse steps and the the bank has a bid in at what they were owed. And I said, a dollar more than that. And so I got that house. Oh my gosh. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah, lived there for six months. I finished, it was 95% done, put a yard in, that's about it. And in that time, six month time period, um, I sold it for 30% more than I paid for it. Wow. And so it was just a, but you could do that. A, a, getting a mortgage was three pieces of paper at that point. Mm. I think when I left the business, it was 165 pieces of paper. Sheesh. Interesting. Well, what, as you look back, what were some of the greatest lessons that you guys think you passed on to your kids? What were some of the values or lessons that you feel maybe not just money related, but just in general, what were some of the values and lessons that you really tried to put some intention behind to teaching your kids why don't we start with my dad then we'll go to clark yeah you know i think about as i was pondering it this morning think about the power of example the example that we had from our parents which were very well matched up and then the example we tried to set for our kids we could talk wealth and and money management all day long but i think the way we lived was and the way we saw our parents live was the most important thing in terms of values and money. It, it's interesting, um, pretty good match. My wife's father was was a senior executive for the Times Mirror Company, the Los Angeles Times. He drove, commuted to downtown LA from Orange County every day of his life, you know, for forever. And and yet they um, they 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 passed away in the same home that they bought in 1956 a 2000 square foot tract house it actually was that large because he added on and he lived a he lived a good but a conservative life my father was a was a doctor an obgyn and 
first house was $26,000 in Long Beach. And that was the house that I was raised in. Again, 2,000 square feet. And I'm middle income, good neighborhood, educated near Cal State Long Beach. And our the, the parents were, were careful with their money, generous when they could be. My in-laws always said, be be frugal in what you do, but always be generous with family and friends. Don't ever forget that lesson. So our we didn't know any difference. So we grew up valuing valuing things um, from their attitude, from their their approach. And and I think about I think about my you know my first job. I worked for Arthur Young Company, the Big Eight downtown L.A., making fifteen thousand dollars a year. And I. Well, I was on top of the world, had a little two-door Honda Accord with no air conditioning. And uh, but but by that example, with our kids, as we raised them, as we as we taught them about money and about values side by side, that was important. This is our family, this is what we do, this is how we treat each other, and this is how we spend our money. We we enjoy it when we can. We um we try to be generous where we can, and we expect expect you to be be good around the house, to be obedient, to be helpful, to be thoughtful in that what you do. And remember that that it's important that we live within our means, like, like our parents, we always live within our means. My father just lavished on my mother with, with her, with travels and things and, and her clothing, but he himself was very conservative. The, the car that he drove, the, the way that he lived, the way that he counted, he did all the the money management. I remember seeing him at night sitting there in his little home office accounting for my mother's credit cards and doing things. That's the same kind of lesson we had in, in, in our house. My wife, she was really good with numbers. She, uh, she had a business degree and she she kept, I was working long, wicked hours in my early career in public accounting or in my CPA, driving all over Southern California. So she she kept she kept the checkbook just she kept every receipt. She she balanced the check every month. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and I mean, I took it over once I retired. I said, okay, you're done. <laughs> now I can take it over now, and we'll we'll have some fun. But but um, I, I hope from that our kids learned about how we viewed and managed money and how we expect to to live within our means. And we enjoyed when I was able to afford more. We enjoyed trips, and we bought a bigger house and and did different things, but, but it was really, I think about it, the example that our, our two parents who were so similar, they obviously didn't know each other, but, but um, successful professionals that, that balanced life values and money. And I, and hopefully we, you know, beyond just expecting kids to do their chores and earn their allowance to really be able to, to manage themselves in that, in that fashion. We have a lot of similarities. My my dad was a surgeon, and mm-hmm. um, in we where we lived uh, in Olympia, out west of Olympia, about twenty miles, uh, he was one of only two surgeons in a very large area, and so he he did work a lot. And I think I learned a work ethic uh, from from my dad. Um, at one point, I was in high school, and I was in the summer. I was doing two jobs. And I just kind of commented that I thought I was working a lot harder than he was. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of smiled and he said, why don't you come with me on Saturday? I got a, a couple of surgeries lined up. You can scrub up and watch. So I did. <laughs> and he, 
Yeah, I passed out. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody's, you know, glorious laughter, everything else. But then, but then I got to watch four different surgeries from hip replacements to hysterectomy to to uh, microsurgery to he just did it all. He's a general surgeon. Wow. And um, you know, I said, I said, okay, I I was wrong. You know, you're on your feet. There's ten hours of surgery that day, or eleven hours, I think, and on a Saturday. And uh, I said, okay, I'm, you, you win. Uh, I don't work this hard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember my dad just said, well, that's, you know, that's why you go to school and you, and you reach um, because um, you're, it's not, it's okay to work hard. Everybody should work hard, but, but, you know, do something that's going to support your family, do something that's, that's, um, you know, going to uh, provide uh, for your family and security. And so it was never a question with us kids, whether or not we were going to college, it might be a different question today, you know, based on the value of school and, um, the cost, but it was just expected, uh, from us. And I think from that, I learned to have high expectations for my kids. Um, you know, not, not to dumb things down, to give them the benefit of the doubt, um, to encourage them. Uh, I think that was a big part of it. Um, probably the biggest lesson that I learned from my dad that he learned from his dad. Um, and that I tried to pass on was integrity. How, you know, that's, I think you guys have talked about that on a, on a podcast earlier, but, but, you know, you, you can't lose that. You, you, you don't get it back. Um, you need, you need to have that integrity. Um, and out of that, we started talking about, okay, what's, what's our, where's our family come from? Who, who are the characters? What, what did we do? What, what examples do we have? And I know, uh, a few years ago, we finished, if I can show this. You can show it. Um, What is it? Well, we tracked the family history, father to son down to about 157 AD. Wow, wow, that's cool. End, end of the list, here is uh, Scott Edward Donnell. <laughs> wow. And Oh my gosh, <laughs> look at this. Yeah. Crazy, that's cool. It's all, it's all, we're all Scots. I'm from Scotland and, and uh, um, it would have been MacDonald from Donald. Um, that was <laughs> our history. Well, we talked about that. We talked about, okay, my last name is, is your last name. Um, you need to keep it, keep it clean. Um, do that through having, having integrity because it's my last name too. And it will be son, your son's last name. And, wow. um, so that was a, you know, it's just kind of a, a legacy, um, that was instilled in us. You know, if it hasn't, hasn't been always perfect, no family is, um, but you do your best. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I think we had a, um, a breakthrough, I would say, with our kids once we started doing that and talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, meant, it meant something to be part of the family. And, um, you know, we had the same things, Craig, as you're talking about, we had a lot of lessons in generosity 
And, you know, the family saying was, it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt to be generous. And I think when you went off to college, I wrote, a, I wrote you a, a list of things and I titled each one a little differently, but I, under tip well. <laughs> yeah, you gave me a, you shook my hand, you gave yeah. me a $50 bill and you, all you said was tip well, and then you got in the car and left. That wasn't it, I had a list for you. <laughs> <laughs> Scott but the remembers it differently. Of respect, I have the list. Respecting uh, everybody, regardless of, of station, um, being mm -hmm. generous. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's always been a, a kind of a family trait. And I think it's part of what you guys are are building into Smart Money Parenting, to um, Gravy Stack, to uh, your books. Um, yep. You know, I see that reflected there. Very proud of you guys. Thank you. Craig, Craig and uh, my dad and Clark would be good friends because my dad is very much into family history. Uh, mm -hmm. We we just had a family reunion with 45 of us in Yosemite last weekend and uh, gathering people from all over the country that were part of this, you know, posterity. And my dad gave a family history speech, giving just a little sense. Dad, why don't you share just a little bit of what you shared I think it'd be cool for them to hear. Yeah, we've uh, we don't go back to what was it, 100 and something AD? <laughs> yeah, 157. That's 157. pretty awesome. Pawn yeah. of a hundred battles. That was pawn of a hundred battles. Yeah. That's so crazy. That was his name. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we do have um, what I. It's it's really interesting, Clark, that you, you talk about that because I've tried to instill in our family where their name comes from and the first immigrant that came to this country. Well, you should you should tell that story of what happened in Yosemite, which is. Pretty miraculous. Yeah. What happened in Yosemite? We were, it's first of all, it's my favorite place in the world. It's something that my parents taught me, took me there. His, my father's parents took him there. So we said, we're going to go here and you're going to see why. I think it's the most beautiful spot in the world. I've traveled a lot. It, it means a lot. So we we come through the the tunnel, the famous Wawona tunnel, where you opened up to this grand view. Have you seen it? Of the Yosemite Valley, the waterfall on the right. And we everyone's taking pictures and they're gathered there. It's it's on a Friday evening and the sun is setting. It's just beautiful. And we take our pictures and we start to walk away. And we, My wife sees this family of four people um, lined up to do a selfie. This um, parents that were a little bit younger than us with their two apparently college age, very tall kids. And she says, hey, can can my husband take your picture? He's, he's a good photographer. She always gives that line. Okay, so I, I take their iPhone and take their picture and, and they thank me. And I say, by the way, where are you from? I know it's just a slight accent. I said, we're from Denmark. I said, Denmark, we are Danish. We're Willardsons. We come, my, and we got excited and started talking. And I said, look at us, you know, we're, this is who we are. And I said, my great-great-grandfather immigrated to the U.S. He was a pioneer that crossed the plains. And he's from Viborg, Denmark, way up in the northern peninsula. He said, we live right next to Viborg. We know where that where that is. And I said, our, our last name is Willardson, but it was originally Billardson. And they said, oh, we know we know what that name is. That means that means your great-great-grandfather's father's name was Villads. And S-E-N is son of Villards like they did. So your name was really Villardson, and it was anglicized to Willardson here. But um, he, he's got an incredible story, which we won't, we don't need to retell, but of crossing the, the North Atlantic during the greatest hurricane of the 1850s and coming here and, and 
going up the Mississippi River and taking a pioneer train across to Utah and battling in the Blackhawk Indian Wharf. We teach our kids these things to say, this is where your legacy comes from. And they, they were hardworking, hardworking farmers that established a, a little city. So, wow. this is, you know, hopefully you understand this is who Willardson is. Yeah. And, and it's the integrity thing, like you said, Clark, beyond, beyond money management and relative wealth, it's knowing how to live to where everything just blends in and, and makes sense and brings you to your best character. Yeah. I love it. I, I think it means something to have your last name when you get that depth. I think it really connects kids to parents and grandparents and, uh, you know, on through the ages, but it also gives them a sense moving forward to carry that proudly and to, you know, continue the story. You know, it's your, you're on your own hero's journey here and you're part of our line and we're excited to see what you can do. You know, that's what we want to do with our kids. There is a statistic that I wish I don't have the exact number on me, but it is something to the effect that kids who learn about their family history and stories from their previous ancestors have a significant increase in self-confidence, resilience, and the ability to persist through struggles. And if you think about kids today, and we're talking to you, Smart Money Parents, that kids are struggling with mental health and with challenges and social media pressure and all these things, I think if we can root them and give them a grounding foundation in their family history, they will be that much more resilient and stronger and connected to their family. So I think this is an important topic. Well, can you dads think of like a really good example of what you did with us? Like what was like a story or something you're like, yeah, that was, I'm glad we did that. Whether it was an experience or a something that you felt like was a turning point in our childhoods. It doesn't have to be with Chad or myself, any of the kids, but does anything come to mind for either of you that you feel like would be a good lesson learned? We, we started young. In fact, we started saving for our kids really young and we told them about it. I think you're maybe four or five years old, somewhere around in there. And, and, and I said, um, your mom and me feel that, that, your education is our responsibility. Um, and so we are going to start saving for your college education when you're four or five years old. Um, and we made sure they knew that, you know, that that was there and that was kind of the expectation. And I said, my goal is to have, have you guys uh, be, um, be able to go to the college that you want to go to and I think it's my responsibility to be able to send you there if it's possible. But, and then here was the kicker, when they got older, we said anything that you can do to either get scholarship or earn money while you're there, um, when you graduate, you get to keep that. And I said, and that, you know, we were thinking about, well, you know, that'll help pay for grad school. That will maybe help them get into a, a down payment on a house. And that's exactly what happened. Scott, Scott earned enough that he was able to um, uh, go to a very, very good uh, MBA program uh, called Acton. And the at the time, 
if he graduated, and that was not a guarantee, um, it was a tough school. Uh, if he graduated, he got his tuition back. He got a, a check for that. It was a crazy program. Crazy program. Wow. With the expectation that at some future date, you're going to be successful enough to pay it forward. And they did that. Well, Scott then took the money that he earned while he was in college and um, paid for his grad school. Then his grad school paid him back. And that's the money you use to start Apex, to start, start our first business. Start the first business. That's cool. Sister yeah, went yeah. the other direction. She worked also. And the money that she was able to save then was there for her. And I think that's how they got into their first house in a tough market in Seattle. That's cool. I was thinking, you know, just, just in general, again, talking about the example that we try to set as parents to have our kids be accountable for what they did, where they went, how they spent, um, the importance of education. It was, it was just a given that they would be working hard through school and being able to, to go to college. But, you know, I was, I was thinking about that. One of the questions was, uh, what was the, the hardest thing I've been through? It also involved at least three of our kids at the time, and that was that was in the um, in the late '90s. We were comfortably settled. We raised our kids in Orange County. Chad had just gone off to was going off to school, getting ready to go off to college, and I had an opportunity to take a job in Northern California. It was actually located in the Central Valley, which was very different from Orange County, where our kids would grow up. Mom had taken them to the beach every day in, in the summer, and, and it was a good life. Um, but we made the move and, and I'll never forget going up there. We actually, we actually bought a house in the Bay area and then I would commute into the central Valley every day. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever done. The hardest thing we've done as a family Our our three daughters were struggling with the change. And I felt like it was the biggest mistake I'd, I'd ever made. I'd given up a, a career in Southern California to pursue something else in the food business it was a good opportunity. It came at a good time. It was a bump up for me. It was a good position. And I thought, what have I done? And my my kids, my daughter was in high school and another daughter was middle school and one was elementary. They were struggling and, and not happy. I discovered that in my job that there were skeletons in the closet that I hadn't been aware of the, from the previous CEO. This was a smaller company. I, I was president CEO. And was there to help build it up. And, and I thought, what have I done? How are we gonna get through this? It was a very, very hard time. It was hard on them. And I felt mostly for my wife and kids that they'd given up their friends and their life for this radical change, but we endured and we endured it for three years and we learned from it, we grew from it. They made friends, we had, I had success there. I was able to help the company. And as a result of that, received a, a dream offer to come back to Southern California. We moved to the back to the same city we came from, and eventually, um, through this uh, partnership with with a very large agricultural cooperative, became CEO of a of a five hundred million dollar company that never would have happened had we not made that struggle and had not dragged at least these three daughters through that experience that they, they just bawled their eyes out for the first few couple of years. Um, and that to me was a, it was a lesson. And it was a lesson for them to see dad, dad and mom stick out something that was hard yeah. and difficult and transitional and it was change. And 
you know, and in the meantime, it prepared them for for college, for making other, for moving away from home, as Chad did. He he had a very good freshman year away from home, and then um, and then served a mid church mission in a foreign country. So able to see these these adaptations and changes, and of course, there's always money lessons along the way. But but they also got to see that that I was motivated enough to keep advancing my career and saying this is going to be good for me. This is going to be a help for the family, and we're going to tough it out. So that 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 was where I saw a real transition in 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 them and in what they've done. Yeah. What's that word you guys use? Uh, grit. Grit. Yeah, better rolls off the tongue better than stick to itiveness or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but uh, you know, it's a um, that's a that's a great lesson. I had. Again, we could be brothers here. Uh, at exactly the same time, you were going through that, Craig. Um, in a span of about 18 months, I lost my father in an accident. And uh, <laughs> and I, I, the church that I had been part of for 25 years and that, that, my, uh, that my wife had grown up in just kind of blew apart. Um, I I lost my dog. I said that was a big one for me. 17 years. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. And and then I um lost my career uh, due oh. to uh um kind of a combination, I would call it a very rare hostile takeover of a bank. Um right, kind of an inside job from some of the uh some of the board. Um, but I was in line to be the the CEO. I was the chief offering op operating officer at the time. And you grew. You guys grew that thing to how many branches? Uh, it was a regional bank, about three billion. Um, had at the time was big, um, about six, 60, 70 branches. Wow. Um, but that all happened in a very, very short period of time. And while our kids were just starting high school, pretty close, right around in there, it was right after two thousand, I think. Um, so I had some the same choices to make. I had an offer to run a bank in Salt Lake, actually. Oh. Um, and we were so happy living on, on Whidbey and with the school system and everything else. And the high kids were involved in the high school. Um, we I just decided, nah, now's now's my time to really concentrate on the family, um, to do something local, to see if I can help other people out. And that's kind of, I think I was. I was depressed. What got me out of that depression was deciding to do a, uh, in-home two-year mission. Um, uh, basically mm. I, I helped turn around a, uh, small Christian school mm. and, um, they just needed, they didn't need an educator. They needed, um, somebody who could get everybody rowing in the same direction. And, and, uh, so we set some goals, uh, Took two years to double the enrollment, to build new buildings, to get it solidly back in the black, and then turned it over there. But I think that was what the kids saw was me giving. That's that's how you get out of that, that depression and and the woe is me sort of victimhood yeah. stuff. Um, you 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 um, help others, and yeah. and so that's what we were doing. That was. That was fun, but I think you know it was a whole lesson in trusting in God and in humility. Um, 
I I was I got to be really involved with um, Scott's sports. I remember I counted. I went to 527 baseball games. <laughs> wow, um, between t-ball and uh, and oh, wow. state championship in in uh, high school. Right. Awesome. You know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. So, and and I think that's the lesson that, that we learned is that, um, you know, it, it's not, the door isn't slammed. The door isn't, it, it may be closed, but that means you're being directed to do something else. And um, I'm certainly glad it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't change anything. You know, my dad, my dad died skiing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And uh, but that's the way he would have wanted to go. He was still skiing four days a week at seventy-eight, I think. Unbelievable. Yeah, right. and uh, um, so that you know that's a good lesson. That was that was a good lesson. Yeah. Mm. That is good. Chad Chad sent me a quote from somebody the other day about how the the darkest moments. You can help me with this quote. The darkest moments often lead. To oh, it said it said hurt. my highest my highest highs in life have often come after the lowest lows. So if yeah. you're going through something difficult, keep going because you don't know what's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, don't know what's going around. And even though the topic here is, is smart money parenting, we we learn from endurance and faith and and just plotting ahead teaches in an abundance of ways teaches our teaches our kids. Yep. Someone said this to me yesterday. Um, they do a ton of family legacy stuff, and you know we're on this on this kick trying to learn from the best in the world and you guys have done an amazing job as dads and uh what this guy said to me he goes i don't really believe that there's a difference between quality time and quantity time it's like it's just time with your kids and he's like you never know that if you're just sitting there playing legos with the kid it could be the best thing in the in the universe for them at the time and you might be like i well i gotta build legos right now and it's like no that to them that is the most quality time you could ever think about. So you don't know what is quantity and quality time. It's just time with your kids clocked. So yeah, I think you guys have both done an awesome job and uh, we're a product of this. We're very thankful. Uh, I think we can wrap up here in a sec, but anything else, Chad, we should hit or maybe yeah, like I, I think, parting uh, comments? I, I think parting comments would be maybe dad's sharing any advice to um, younger parents out there if, with all the wisdom you've gained being parents and now grandparents, like what advice would you give to families and parents who are kind of new to this responsibility and stewardship? What would you say to them? Well, well you, you just talked about Scott taking time and I think taking time with our kids to, to teach them and show them what we think is important, not just by our example, but to sit down with them and be able to explain, this is where things come from. This is where things go. This is what we do as your parents. This is how, I mean, you know, my background is accounting. So I'm a numbers guy, but painfully so. And my wife knows that. So, so to understand and to be accountable and to live within a certain boundary is, is important to teach your kids to take the time to show them and explain to them um, this is how it works. This is the real world. There's so much that goes on today where kids live in their in their video fantasy world that they don't understand the ebb and flow of 
of actions and reactions and money and spending. It's just simple stuff, really. It's just, it's very simple. And, and I, again, I think about my wife sitting down in our early years with all of her receipts and her balanced checkbook. We wouldn't spend more than was in the checkbook. That, that concept would be so foreign today in the world of, of credit cards. Just take the time to, to show your kids the practicality. It doesn't matter that this is, this is 2023 in a different era. It's, it's, it's the same flow. Um, well said. That's a thought that comes to my mind. We, 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 I remember at the bank, we had a, a gentleman come in and he asked if he could order checks, but he wanted <laughs> void if over $50 written on each check um, for his wife. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we were able to do it. I'm not sure how their marriage was, but um, That's funny. we had to do that. No, I, I, I think it's, it's that interaction, the ability to sit and talk. Um, the ability to, to you know, bring your problems, um, and and even beyond that, have have mentors that your kids can go to when they can't go to you, um, you know, with with a problem, um, but just to talk it out, and that's that's something that families I think are caught in this this current kind of a cancel culture thing that says we're not going to talk if you disagree with me, I'm cutting off the conversation. And um, that's not healthy at all. Um, you know, we, we talk things out. Uh, my wife, uh, I, she kind of turned that around saying, well, conflict is good. Well, no, it's not, conflict isn't good. But the discussion is good. And the fact that our kids see us discussing things and working things out. And above all, know that, you know, we're secure. Um, their, their parents are secure um, in relationship and um, we'll always be there. Well Good. said. Yeah, well said. I think uh, I think Scott and I could both say we're we're very grateful for our dads. We thank you guys for being incredible examples. And and hopefully everyone listening got something interesting out of today's show. It was a very unique experience for us to host our dads on the podcast show today. I don't think I've ever seen it done. I've watched a lot of podcasts, but I think it's kind of unique to have the hosts bring their parents on and and share a little bit. So this has been fun. You guys, even, you guys even look similar. It's hilarious. <laughs> You're literally brothers. And Ooh, Chad, yeah. people think Chad and I are brothers too. That's true. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, were you a little nervous? Funny. You didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know what you were going to yeah, say. You were shaking. I knew that. You did good. <laughs> no, no, that was awesome. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you got some good stuff out of it. And uh, if you want to ask us more questions, you know where to go. Smartmoneyparenting.com. And uh, share this with a, a dad in your life. Share this with your parents. Share this with your friends. This was uh, packed full of age-old wisdom. So thanks, thanks, dads, for coming. And uh, we appreciate you both. And thanks to everybody for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank okay. you. Thanks.